0: Gonna rock the shades Gonna scream my name Make you shout now, honey Gonna make you shout
1: Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them Makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
0: Shout now honey Gonna make you shout. Make you shout. Make you shout.
1: and now here is an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Paul Flipperwich. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs. brand new release and we got paul on the line right now hey paul how you doing
2: i'm doing great richard it's always great to hear you boys how are you it's i'm doing good and it's always
1: a pleasure to have you on the show um now you've been here several times already but we always like to give our fans the opportunity to get to know who you are and the best way to do that is through your journey so give us uh, uh, the story of paul flippowitz
2: <laughs> well, uh, um, I'm a blues guitar player and, uh, I came about it pretty organically when, uh, me and when I was a young, young guy, like I mean, real young, I had, a, well, I still got an older brother and for Christmas, we got a crystal radio set and he helped me put it together and we hooked it up to the bed springs and we've and I was living we we're living right outside of Chicago, a little ways out of town, back in them days, well now it's a suburb, but back then days we were out in the country and and we pulled in a radio station out of Tulsa, Oklahoma in, in either fifty six or fifty seven and they were playing Sonny Boa Williamson, Muddy Waters, and Holland Wolf. They played those three guys three songs in a row. And as a young man, I hadn't heard much of that. I hadn't heard any of that stuff and it just took me away. I knew they were playing for me and, uh, or, 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 you know, they, when I first heard that music and I was really young and I thought, man, those guys are singing to me. They were playing to me. And, and so that was my first taste of the blues and, uh, and I've been hooked ever since. So, i, I uh, I'm really lucky that that they were there for me
1: okay now uh let's talk a little bit about the new release uh, if you were to try to explain to someone or give them the elevator pitch about this release, what would you tell them about it
2: uh, <laughs> okay well okay pure forty three is um so i've been so I've been doing this for a while and I was um Gonna, I, I was set up to record to do. I wanted to put two albums out, uh, and then COVID hit, and I had this live radio program from uh 79 uh, that had enough stuff on it to do a whole live show. And then, but at the time, I already had uh, nine or ten songs of original songs, and uh, so when it came. That we could actually get back in the studio. Uh, the people were saying, you know, we don't want to hear old stuff. We want to hear what you're doing. We want to hear because I have evolved as a musician, as we all should. So uh, it's it's a little old, a little new. Um, it's all hard driving. Uh, I'm a West Side Chicago blues guitar player. It says that on my uh, Chicago Blues Hall of Fame uh, certificate, even so uh it's hard driving uh, electric blues uh with uh, with a lot of emotion and um and a lot of dance grooves we cut dance grooves as well I'm really basically a live dance band that's what we do live so we cut grooves okay
1: now uh let's talk about you as a songwriter uh when you sit down to begin that process what is what do you do to kind of get that muse going?
2: So, um, my songwriting takes, uh, quite a few different, uh, avenues. Uh, sometimes I work at it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'll be doing something. Um, I, I was a laborer. I was a roofer for 47 years. Uh, sometimes I'll be doing something, I'll be working and I'll get a rhythm going or I'll get a thought in my head and I, Um, and I try and sing it, or I start singing it, and if I can sing it over and over again, it's almost a work song. Uh, So that's one of the ways I approach it, and that's how my song, When I Get to Town, comes from on the the Pier 43 album. Um, It's it's like a Mississippi Hill country work song. Just, I'm going to get to town, MF, and get out of my way. Uh, and And that's what comes out on the on this on the record. The record's pretty true to what we do live. Uh, other ways, uh, you know, I can I'm a moody guy. I can be in a different mood, and sometimes I'll sit around and play my guitar by myself and get different sounds and feelings out of it and And it'll take a different uh, journey. And so like the song Pure 43 it's a slow blues instrumental but it's not um it's not a straight-cut and dried 12-bar progression it uh, decided to go somewhere else so I just went with it and so that's two of the approaches that uh that I use on my my songwriting is I let the song evolve um also, I try and implement these songs with my band and play them live as soon as I get one, a song going, so that I can let the song evolve with the band and and, uh, and turn it into a cohesive unit and see how people react to it and see if they'll dance.
1: Okay. Now, um, you know, the melody and lyrics, I find, are two different things. When you go looking for your melodic ideas... Uh, some songwriters like to use just like a rhythmic groove and allow the, the melody kind of to free form out. Others like a chord structure or a riff. And then others even take the lyric and the cadence kind of dictate where the melody should go. What do you do to find your mm. melodic ideas?
2: Uh, my melodic ideas, wow, that is very interesting. I, uh, well, when I play my guitar... Um, when I play live with a band, it's different than if I'm by myself because my phrasing changes and, or I can phrase over a couple of, couple of different changes where if you're playing by yourself, you kind of got to keep those changes, um, implied. And so when I'm playing by my, when I'm playing with my band, I play different, different melodically, which um, which then once I capture, and I try and capture that. If I hear something I like or something that's a different phrase, I'll I'll capture it in my mind and be able to reuse that again and or use that for a whole um, uh, uh, idea in a in a song uh, as part of a song. Uh, As far as, and then then also then when sometimes when I'm singing a song, um, I will play my guitar and, you know, play, like you said, the cadence, uh, the melody along, I'll I'll play the guitar along with the vocals and or then not be singing and play that and have that as a melody. So yeah, I I use um, whatever happens and, uh, but the thing is consistency, so When I do get a song or an idea going on, I I try and capture that in my mind or uh, record it uh, on on a recording. But I still I'm pretty I'm still pretty old that I I will write it down in my notebook. I don't write notes or tablature. I write words down, and I will in a key and what the song is. similar to, like if it's similar to uh, a Walkin' Willie Dixon bass line, for example, uh, uh, on Ain't Superstitious or something like that, uh, that would be a note in there, and then I would remember how I played against that with my guitar.
1: Okay. Now, um, a lot of songwriters have embraced some of the technology today as part of their toolkit whether it's the cell phone or a home recording studio, what are some of the tools that you have found to be indispensable to you as a writer?
2: Uh, yeah, well, my phone um, is one of them, obviously. I don't have one of the. You know, a lot of people have one of those keyboards that uh, that to have writing, songwriting uh, apps on them and stuff like that. But basically, I use my phone for, for recording you know, um, when, when we're playing or I have an idea or like I was saying earlier, if I have a, basically if I have a rhythmic pattern, um, I, they're really hard to, to come up with new rhythmic patterns. And so if I get a rhythmic pattern that is, uh, that stands out, that's different uh, I will try and record that on my phone and then I, because that stuff can slip out of my mind because it's always still kind of like the same four notes or something like that, that I'm working from. Uh, but it, during, it's just a different timing and rhythm. So if I, so I use my phone to, to record that and capture those. And, uh, and it really is, uh, it's very useful.
1: Okay. Now, uh, of course, Um, every songwriter has to make that determination when a song is ready to move from writing phase into the production phase and they give it to the band and the producer. Um, When do you determine, how do you determine rather um, when a song is ready
2: to move from, you know,
1: writing into production?
2: Uh, Okay. That's uh, basically like I was saying earlier, I will try and, um, Once I get a good idea and I, and I have an arrangement uh, down that I, um, that I think is acceptable, I will take it to the band. Uh, we rehearse kind of on a pretty much on a regular basis, depending on how much we're playing dates. If we're playing more than three dates a week, a lot of times we won't rehearse. Um, but, um, because we're together so much, we don't have to rehearse. We'll just talk about it when we're driving around or something. Um, but usually, if I have an idea and I work it up into um, into a song, I, I will run it by. <clears throat> excuse me, I'll run it by the band before the show, or or, or um, when we're driving to a gig or something, and and then we'll throw it on the, we'll throw it out on stage. And um, a lot of times, our first time performing the song. Uh, even though we've never done it before, it can be really inspiring it It's very uh like i said i I like being organic with the stuff and and so you know the bass player might take it a little bit different place, and the drummer might uh speed it up or slow it down or something and and so it's it's the magic it's kind of a magic time for us when we when we play our song for the first time live because and and the reason I like to do it live is because in when you're rehearsing. And it was somebody goes What well, was that? Okay, I'll stop in the middle. Was that okay? How about this? When you're live, you can't do that. You have to play the whole song, and and that's one of one of my theories on music is that we have to play it live all the way through and make a total performance out of it. And so, and, and it it goes different places when you do that. It's stuff that you don't even ex, ex, expect, and half the time I will remember to record it.
1: Okay. Now, um, let's go into the studio because every artist has their way of getting the sound they're looking for. Um, When you get into that environment, what is your process that allows you to capture the sound you're looking to get?
2: Well, I am uh, blessed with uh, an engineer named uh, Steve Hamilton at uh, Making Sausage. And I've done, I think, my last four recordings with him. So that might go all the way back to 2016 or maybe earlier. So we have a really good working relationship now and uh, I don't, e- I barely consider uh, how we're going to capture it because <laughs> that's, that's what he does. Um, and And Steve knows what I want what I need, um, and and you know he he'll get in there you know, and he does. He's got Pro Tools, so um, uh, he can he can fine tune just about anything. But but he captures the raw stuff. When, when we get to the point where we're mixing or taking a song, you know, and and, and putting the uh, the shine on it. Uh, he's the guy who knows what's here and there. And if I say it needs more reverb here or, or, you know, the bass should be a little, uh, a little fatter sounding, or, you know, I want some slap on the snare drum on this one. Uh, he's the guy who does that. Um, and I'm really blessed with having his input on all that stuff. Uh, so um but he knows what i need uh he, we most of our stuff when we do it the dry run uh, you know the very first time we listen to it without any any stuff on it uh, the only thing that needs work usually is the vocals uh, where i might have lost a verse or missed a verse or or something to that effect um and i'm getting better at missing verses now that i'm getting older
1: okay now, um, let's talk a little bit about the lineup. Who's playing on it?
2: Um, okay. I have, uh, I have my boys. My, boy, my boys, the Apollo Kings. Uh, the, the drummer, Tito Howard, has been with me on and off for well over 25 years. And, right. and he's a drummer. He's a, he's a real blues drummer. He's a, he's a good drummer all the way around but when we get into playing blues, he can play blues with me. He'll, he'll take the blues with me, well, which is, uh, I'm really blessed with that. And, and so now the newest guy in the band is uh, Steve Lewis. He's a, a high quality bass player, and he's been with us for a year now. And so I basically, on my live shows, uh, over 70% of the time I run with a, with a three piece because, uh, just because of availability and, and, uh, access to, you know, to what we can get in and out of clubs and stuff like that. And Steve Lewis is a, a really good base player. He's come a long way in the last year. He's got a set of ears that uh, don't quit and his, he's got and both these guys have unbounding enthusiasm for the music so they don't ever they, they don't ever let me down and if I need something more out of them I can give them a cue and they'll give it to me and if they didn't do it that time they give give me more the next time so that's what I have for my basic um, uh, trio and then I have um, on harmonica I've got this young guy named Al Dorn, who's a real good harp player out of Milwaukee, and he's quite young. I don't even know that he's 26 years old yet. He might be 26, 27 now, but he's a, um, he's a progeny, um, and he's been, he was, I picked him up about maybe four or five years ago, and he's. Uh, quality hard player, great tone, great head, and he's still, you know, he's still learning, he still wants a woodshed. If he's not playing on stage, he's woodshedding. And so Al Dorn, he's got, he's got his own band now too, but he worked with me for uh, four, three, four years, and he's a really good quality hard player, and I, I bring him on uh, some, sometimes the, the dates call for me to, that I need the hard player that or I want him to come with. So it's uh, but he's he's the last cog in the in the wheel. That uh, we got a pretty good uh, pretty good little band when when it's a three piece and when Al's with it, he brings a, a different dimension to a lot of the songs. Uh, when I and I can go over when we're playing and say play some Big Walter and he'll play Big Walter. I'll go over and play, play, give me some Sonny Boy. and he'll Give me some Sonny Boy. Play me some Junior Wells. And he'll play me some Junior Wells. And so it's, it's <laughs> I'm really lucky. His name is Al Dorn. And those guys all consist to make up the Apollo Kings.
1: Okay. Now, um, of course, once you get it recorded, you got to get it out to press and to radio. And you're working with Frank Rosack from Frank Rosack Promotions. Tell me about that relationship
2: uh that that's another another um professional relationship uh it's kind of like steve um hamilton uh, my my engineer um i'm blessed to to be working with with these people i mean and frank you know he knows uh, ups and downs the ins and outs and and uh, who what when and where of uh, uh, of who needs to hear this music it's kind of uh uh, it's kind of like that, you know. Like my music isn't for everybody, and and so like he'll and you know and other blues people, you know, there might be an acoustic uh, blues band that that you know they'll get uh, you know he'll put them you know he'll send um, their music around to where that stuff will be digested better. Um, so. And Frank's just, uh, boy, we're just in and out with Frank. Frank's great, dude. We just He'll give me a message. I'll talk to him or something. Do this, do that. Here we go. Okay, yeah, okay, a little more over here. It's just kind of, he's like part of the band. <laughs> a little more here, a little more there. Now,
1: um, let's talk about the industry. Um, of course, we all know that the consumer today has embraced streaming as a way to consume music. There's no way we're going to uh, buck that tide. It is what it is, and we have to live within those confines. Um, but the problem is, is that the consumer no longer looks at recorded music as a product to purchase anymore. It's now a service they expect it on their phone. How has that shift in in perception by the consumer affected you as an artist?
2: Uh, well, maybe my big problem is that it hasn't affected me too much as an artist, uh, except for in my pocketbook. Um, uh, I, you know, that the streaming stuff doesn't pay near as much as, uh, of them buying physical product. Um, and uh, so I, I still, um, I still approach my music the same way it's uh, you know, I'm kind of like the last field hand, uh, that, you know, I just sing my song and let it fall where it may. Um, but I, I do understand, um, about the, you know, I do understand about the streaming and I am glad that they're, you know, it's get, the The thing is, there's a lots more people listening to the music, but they're paying a lot less, but that's just the racket that we're in. And, you know, there's always, you know, there's always something going on in, in the, in the music business, you know, that, you know oh, I ain't got no gigs because there's disco came in or whatever, you know, there's just, uh it's just a million things. So I didn't uh, sign up to be a blues guy figuring I was going to make a, you know, make a killing. Um, I played I played gigs all my life uh, sometimes three four or five times a week while working on on the roof too and uh, it's just the way it goes so you know I just take it the way it way it gives you know way it comes by and uh, and try not to lose sight of what the guys that I learned from like Luther Allison, Jimmy Dawkins, Mighty Joe Young, Hound Dog Taylor, I got to know all of those guys well uh, back in the seventies, and they all told me, "Find your voice and stick with it." And uh, and a lot, so you know, I don't just come out and play Muddy water songs um, like a lot of people do. And, and you know, I I found what I, I play West Side Blues guitar style, and I sing my song. And uh, you know, people, some people like it, some people don't. It's I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it, but I, I am true to that fact for a lot of people because there's not a lot of guys doing that anymore.
1: Okay. Now um you know we're we're coming out of the pandemic and of course things are starting to open up, gigs are starting to come back. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the biggest challenges that you're finding so far as a musician getting yourself back into you know the swing of things back into getting on the road again
2: um yeah that it one of one of the things or what, well somehow what obviously a lot of venues didn't make it through the pandemic uh which is a real crusher um but then there are some some i just played a place last week that they started, um, they opened up on, in December of 2020, uh, right. You know, when the pandemic was kicking in and, um, and they're doing, they're doing pretty good. I mean, they're doing better than pretty good. They're doing real well. So, uh, you know, it, there's, it, there's a the yin and yang of, of, of where, where, who do I call today <laughs> or, or who do I email now? Um, and, and is my EPK, my, my electronic press kit, uh, you know, up to date? And um, so, you know, it's still, you know, I, it's still how much do I apply myself every day at getting gigs and all that stuff. That's still a big um factor in how many gigs I do get. Uh, I remember Luther Allison told me one time, he said, after he had won seven handies in one sitting, it was either six or seven, he said, I still have to fight for every gig that I get. He told me that, and we were sitting there one day, and I said, wow, Luther, are you kidding me? And he said, no, that's true. I have to fight for every gig I get. So that has been with me ever since he said that, and so I know that that nobody's gonna, you know. No matter how good things seem for me, uh, I still got to go out there and do it. I got to go out there and dig around and get those gigs. So um, uh, it's I have to try and stay up to date. Um, as uh, I'm, my brain is slowing down, I have to try and stay up to date and involved in in getting these, going out and soliciting gigs. And it's um, and some days I'm not motivated. And some days I am motivated, so it's um, I have to try and continually stay motivated. Sometimes coffee isn't enough.
1: Okay. Now, (laughs) uh, you know, we we all know streaming uh, the the monies that we get from streaming is is not a lot, Uh, and you we can't continue to uh, work off of the margins that. These streaming companies have imposed on us, and it's like a double-edged sword. Um, we have to be there because if you're not on the streaming services, and someone goes looking for you, you become irrelevant if you're not there. So you have to be there. But they're, you know, they're taking our content and our, you know, uh, creative endeavors, making money off of it, and really paying pittance for it. And this is not a sustainable business model. We have to change that dynamic. What do you think needs to happen to help um facilitate that, to get that dynamic <coughs> changed?
2: Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I the, wish I knew. That's a valid question. There you go. I wish I, I wish I had a relevant answer. Um I do know that I believe it's sound exchange, um, uh, they uh, they they send me emails and stuff, and and they fight for uh, fight for us and try and um, try and not let more legislation pass to where we get less. I don't know how we could ever pass legislation or whatever it is. You know, so, you know they they took the teeth out of the FCC, and you know we used to get a nickel a play and. Um, well, you know, now we get like a half cent of play, um, uh, because they took the teeth out of the FCC and I, you know, how all that happens its politics. I don't like politics. So, um, I have to live with it. So I just really, I just have to stick my head down and, and stay out there and keep playing. But you're right. We have to stay relevant. And if we're not on there, we're shooting ourselves in the foot the other way. Um, so it's yeah, it is a double-edged sword, and uh, and I, I really don't have a, an answer. Um, maybe some some young guy will come up with a, with an idea or figure out how we can some you know. It, it, but it is true with with almost all art that that um, uh, you know they'll take advantage of us and as much as they can, and 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 uh, you know, and most people. Uh, I, I do this music because I was born to it, and I love it. And um, so nobody's going to take that away from me. But um, it sure would be nice to get to, you know, be able to pay the rent.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us. It's always a pleasure to have you on. And uh, we're going to give everyone out there a double shot from your new release. You guys are going to love this. You know what? Turn it up loud. Squeal those neighbors.
3: do The poor lads are cut you loose. You know, I won't break this curse. I'll buy me another little darling. She'd be twice as bad or worse. Yeah, I'm a hood up, both of my hands. Oh yeah, I'm gonna cut you loose. I said I'm older, but I ain't of it. No, you know I'm gonna cut your loose. No, I won't break this curse If I'd be another little baby She'd be twice that bad or worse That I'm a- gonna fold my hands That I'm gonna holler with you That I ought But I ain't out, there. I'm gonna cut you loose Push me out over baby, push me out over Cause I'm a order But I ain't not blue oh, oh yeah, I'm gonna cut you loose Cut you loose baby now
1: gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. The girl,
0: the the gonna drop the shade, gonna scream my name, make you shout now, honey. Gonna make.